Hello and welcome to the Go Go Media Nostalgia Show! This is the podcast where we discuss media and the personal impacts that they have on our lives. Today is a special episode coming to you live from Quarantine Lockdown. My husband's best friend is tested positive and so here we are, cut off from the rest of the world for the foreseeable future. Which means I'll be recording this episode here by myself. And who am I, you might ask? Why it is I, the squidliest fry, and your lovely host of the show, Cherie Bruce. Today we are going to dig deep down into my childhood with a bit of nostalgia gaming. We'll be talking about Super Mario 64. Those of you in the audience who grew up in my generation probably don't need any kind of introduction to this game. Seeing as how it was one of the best-selling games of our generation. But for the rest of you, here's the lowdown. Super Mario 64 is the first 3D entry in the Mario video game franchise, and at the time of its release in 1996 on the Nintendo 64, it was an utterly groundbreaking, beautiful achievement. Honestly, looking back on it today, it still holds up pretty well graphically, though obviously the newer entries in the series have a lot more flash and pizzazz than their older brother here. It was actually one of three launch titles for the Nintendo 64, which was Nintendo's first real foray into 3D gaming. Let's just, uh, let's just pretend that the Virtual Boy was just a fever dream, alright? I know Nintendo would prefer it if we all did. When it was first released, it was incredibly well received. It got positive reviews, praising everything from the innovative gameplay to the music, and has been lauded as one of the best games of all time, even up to present day. I have a little bit of history with this game myself, having received it along with the Nintendo 64 that I shared with my sister growing up. I was a bit too young to know exactly when it was that we got that console, but I do know that it was pretty close to launch, so I had to be around 7 or 8 years old. It became an instant favorite in our household, with my sister and I often playing till deaths, passing off the controller well into the night. I always really loved the soundtrack, especially those of the underwater levels. It felt so calm and comforting. The main thing that I remember about the game, though, is that we once traded our neighbor, Mario 64, for Turok, for what was supposed to be a weekend, and then we never saw our copy again. I mean, I guess we got Turok out of the deal, but I can't say that we really made out ahead on that one. And so my beloved N64 library has had this conspicuous gap in it all these many years later. Once I was old enough to have a job and to be able to purchase the lost cartridge myself again, well, it was a very, very expensive game to buy after the fact. Being a broke high schooler and then a broke college student, followed by a broke waitressing millennial, I never did quite have the uh, amount of extra scratch lying around that would have allowed me to fill that particular gap in my library. Over the years, I've seen about a hundred retro gaming videos and read a ton of nostalgic articles, all praising that game that I lost which has only made me grow a little bit bitter about it. I mean, surely it couldn't have been that good, right? And why am I even talking about it now? Well, in September of this year, Nintendo released Super Mario 3D All-Stars for the Switch, which contained three of their most popular 3D Mario games, including Super Mario Galaxy, Super Mario Sunshine, and that hole in my heart, that missing gem, Super Mario 64. Now that I'm a semi-responsible adult with a small amount of disposable income, the game was once more in my grasp, so I bought it. 
I'm going to take a short break here to throw some love on my friends and their artwork, businesses, and all that jazz, and then I'll be right back to discuss whether or not Mario 64 is held up to my slightly bitter childhood recollections. Let's go! Do you like medieval fantasy? Do you like action and adventure? Do you like adorable heroines who get in the most ridiculous of predicaments and wind up saving the world along with cute fuzzy animals and annoying male sidekicks? Well, do we have a story for you? The Pie Maker's Daughter is a medieval fantasy adventure about a young baker named Cat who, alongside her not-so-prince charming and somewhat sociopathic knight, are forced to work together to stop bad guys and possibly even save the world along with a merry band of adventurers. Stop by and enjoy the perils, the humor, the romance, and ultimately the fun in this comic by Kachan. You can read The Pie Maker's Daughter on Tapas and Webtoons. Welcome back! Hopefully you are as delighted by my friend's offerings as I know I always am. Seriously, go throw some money at them if you can afford it. It's been a rough year as well, you know. So, the game. The game, game, game. Was it worth it? Has the shine of nostalgia worn off over the years, leaving only a sad, aging husk? Nah, man, it's still a really good game. I gotta say, I was honestly surprised at how well it held up over the years. The colors are really bright and cheerful without making your eyes want to bleed, and the character models, well, rather simple, are still very cute and appealing. That little penguin, guys. The little baby penguin is so very cute. And the soundtrack, of course, still slaps. I suppose I had every right to be slightly bitter about losing this one, though admittedly it's a lot easier for me to break out the Switch to play it than it is to dig out and dust off my old Nintendo 64. I think the major appeal of it to me these days is honestly how refreshingly bright and cheerful it is. I know that we're finally starting to move out of the sepia-colored, grunge-coated offerings of the aughts and the tens, but I really feel like too many games shy away from bright and perky colors and peppy soundtracks. Perhaps developers think that they're too childish or girly? Either way, playing this title feels a little bit like a serotonin bath for my sad little brain, and I don't think that's just the nostalgia talking. The levels are still very fun and engaging. And I have to say, I respect the way that they saved some of the space on the cartridge by reusing levels for different stars, just kind of tweaking the locations of enemies and adding in some smaller events like Koopa the Quick to keep things fresh. It really is a nice way of reusing assets without having too much repetitive gameplay. There aren't even that many bugs left hanging around, aside from a few that I know are much beloved by speedrunners and therefore almost certainly left in on purpose. But that camera, man. Giving it the benefit of time and hindsight, I know that it was a very innovative system for its time. When it came out, every 3D game had a truly terrible camera system, as nobody had really had enough practice with the form to work out all the kinks and, you know, sort of decide on the industry standard that we all enjoy today. But even saying all that, oof. I feel like the big bad guy in the game wasn't Bowser, it was the dang camera that you're fighting throughout the entire game to try and keep it pointed in a reasonable direction. Seeing as how this is a re-release of a game that's almost 25 years old, surely Nintendo could have put in a fancy new camera mode in order to make the game less frustrating to play? 
I know it adds a bit to the old school charm of the game and that to change something so big in such a beloved piece of gaming history would almost certainly cause some uproar, but really guys, please have mercy on those of us who have been throwing money at you for almost our entire lives at this point. You could have fixed the camera on that one. You could have. Overall though, I'm really excited to finally have the ability to play this game again. I cannot wait to get out of quarantine so that I can invite my sister over so we can play a couple of rounds till death for a little bit of sisterly nostalgia and fun. It's a bit clunky in areas and there are certainly more beautiful games that have been released in the uh, quarter century since Super Mario 64, but it has been a very much needed lift in these dark days. Thank you so much, as always, for listening in. The intro and outro to our program is Loving UA Hori by CJ Marciano. You can check out his music at genericyellowbirdmusic.bandcamp.com. I'm Cherie Bruce. I can be found all over the internet as Squidly Kitten. That's Squidly with one D, please. And of course, you can catch me on the other episodes of this podcast as well. Shout out to all my creatives out there. Times are really hard right now for everyone, except I suppose the massive corporations who feed off of our decaying nation. Please keep creating and finding joy where you can. The artwork and creations that you release out into the world really help to make this planet worth living on and give others something to wake up for. I love you. Take care of yourselves, okay? Ciao!